0: nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimise your strength, health and mindset, inside and out.
1: With your host, Steve Katarzy.
0: The last thing I thought this podcast would ever turn into is a political debate. That's not what this shows about, right? It's about helping you be your best. But here's the thing, food is political and emotionally charged, albeit we don't often stop to realise just how engulfed food actually is. The reality is food availability, production, and choice has been a driving force behind a lot of our historical disputes and conflicts. However, it does feel that the debate around food is reaching fever pitch. And this is largely driven by the popularity and well-organized messaging of the growing vegan community. And whilst debate is healthy and necessary to advance and create better solutions, the vegan propaganda fueled more by ideology and questionable or fallacious facts is creating an incredible divide and hurtful judgment and social pressure. Amongst the masses, where belief is the driving force, not real world practical evidence and workable solutions. So, in this podcast, I with Bryn look to answer the question should it be veganism versus all other choices? Or should it be big food versus real food? Is a vegan life and diet the elixir for life that we're all led to believe? Or is there an alternative future? that delivers more goodness to humans, the planet, and drives out suffering of living creatures. This podcast looks to break down the vegan argument and recommendations, offer a counter position, and then closes on a list of my personal diet decisions and recommendations that in my opinion, would deliver a better outcome on all levels. This conversation was enjoyable. It was a debate. It was a it was animated and a little emotional at times, but I think a discussion that we all need to enter into. So listen in, hear the points of view from Bryn and I. I do monologue a little and I apologize for that, but I am incredibly passionate about this discussion because I ultimately want us to live our best lives possible. I want us to do the least harm to other creatures, and I want us to add back to our planet versus just constantly taking I may not be right with all of my recommendations, but based on all the evidence and the enormous amount of research that I've done so far, I feel I'm reaching a conclusion that will be best for me, my family, the community I live in, and the world at large. But I would love to hear your thoughts, guys, because, hey, this is a discussion. I don't want it to be a discussion. And if you feel that I've not addressed things correctly, or have a, a perspective that is biased or swayed with illogical arguments or positions, then look, please get in touch. Let's carry on this discussion. And you can get in touch best through the Adapt Nation Facebook page. So let's get this going and I hope you enjoy Adapt So man, tell me about the the gym. I'm I'm always excited to hear about how things are getting on. Yeah. Um it's a new world that you've entered into this year, man. And mm-hmm. it looks like as if it's moving from strength to strength. But What I'm most curious about, Bryn, is how how uh, where were you impacting people's lives from the kitchen standpoint, the nutrition? Like, how's that working out for you? Do you feel you guys have got any influence and control over the the kind of food that people choose when they're not in that gym for one or two times a week?
1: Yeah, I mean, we we do we look to educate our members, but we it's not actually that we don't have a huge emphasis on their nutrition. Strangely enough, we actually focus more on the training because the way I see it is we are more expert at the biomechanical movement, correct exercise um, side of things. So they're following a program that works for them and so on. Um, And then the nutrition, obviously the nutrition is extremely important for results. So Mm -hmm. we're not neglecting that. Um, But we're not like, we're, we periodically throw in, um, like a nutritional challenge that seems to work best. So at the moment we're running a 10 week nutrition, uh, call it a sort of course or, or challenge where our members have to track their calories. They have to, um, check in with us. Um, they have to have some sort of, um, so we give them some form of accountability support. So we're giving them feedback if they need it, they're getting regular check-ins for body composition. Um, they've got a bit of buy-in. So a a great thing that we're doing is, okay, you bring in hundred pounds, you pay a hundred pounds. If you follow these steps and don't deviate, you'll get your hundred pounds back. If you don't follow the steps. If you don't tick the boxes, then that hundred pound goes to a charity that we choose. Um, so that kind of gives them a bit of buy-in. Okay. So it's more coming from the support and accountability side of things when it comes to nutrition there. Um,
0: however, we, we do obviously support when needed. Um, so what kind of conversations are you having? So, I mean, I, let me kind of lead the witness a little bit. I see, across the people that i speak with and just generally observing societies we've got either an aversion or we've never prioritized mm-hmm. enough protein in our diets in what is largely a plant based yeah. diet for everyone whether you say you're plant based or vegan or vegetarian or just a normal diet most people are plant based because the majority of our foodstuffs come from you know wheat corn mm-hmm. soy potatoes rice sugar coffee cocoa and then some of the more traditional vegetables like you know the broccoli and so forth so do you ever have discussions oh no i'm sure you do but what are the challenges around protein do people feel comfortable with the kind of targets you set uh
1: Typically, most people struggle to hit their target. So this is where then we we've started moving into like individualizing each person's diet and giving them um, support one on one. Okay. Um, because I was talking to a, a client, funny enough, today about protein, and she's a uh, full on vegan now. She, in order to hit her protein goal, it's a shit ton of volume that she's having to to eat yeah. in order to hit her protein.
0: What um, kind of protein um, goal were you giving her for? Just, just put some context.
1: Uh, about 140 grams. Okay, which is protein, a reasonable amount. Which is a
0: reasonable amount. And from plant-based, matter, but, like soy. When well, I a lot y- of food.
1: Yeah, exactly. So,
0: yeah. um,
1: from there, we're 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 having to eat a lot of beans, mm-hmm. quinoa, lentils. But it's just, it's just a lot of volume. Um, am not saying you can't, you can't get a decent amount of protein from a vegan diet. Um. Because if you have a bean curry, for instance, you you can can have you know a fairly decent portion of protein, but that to have the full profile of protein that you need, um, it's much more difficult in a vegan diet, and yeah. it just kind of gets my my thoughts going, and I will start thinking uh, it's quite quite difficult as a vegan to to get what you need in terms of protein and a full protein profile. Yeah, and it's and I start thinking surely there's a better way. Like, is there not an easier way? And well, yeah. I mean, if you were to have a carnivore diet, or no, sorry, not carnivore diet. If you're if just, you're just a regular to eat meat, omnivore, a reg- yeah, yeah, you you'd get what you need for protein much easier, right? Because mm. me and you eat meat, we know that it's much easier than if we're a vegan. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we've we've got, and and I'm actually starting to see more and more people become vegetarian and vegan. Um, so I'm seeing this more and more, and it's, that's it, it actually, is it is definitely
0: a trend, isn't it? Yeah,
1: it's, it's one of the bigger issues that we face, especially
0: with the sust- sustainability argument combined with you know some uh, uh, sketchy reports around you know meat causing cancer and all that yeah. kind of thing. There's there's a lot of scaremongering yeah. around the idea of protein and meat combined with the fact that I think most people get woefully low amounts of protein whether they're whether they're on a vegetarian based diet or on an omnivore Mm -hmm. diet i mean most people that i know that are just eating anything and everything yeah probably only get about 10 15 percent of their calories through protein
1: yeah oh it can be extremely low Mm -hmm. when i talk to some people in the gym um and I mean, it's a matter of getting someone who might be taking, I don't know, say 60 grams of protein in per day through their diet and going, okay, now how are we going to get you onto 70 grams a day? Because um, obviously if we overwhelm them with, with going, right now we need to double that. Yeah. And they go, holy shit, that's a lot of protein I'm trying to consume. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's that, an ongoing battle protein, ongoing, isn't battle it? it? Especially process. for women as well. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think
0: de- we, women struggle more with getting protein numbers. They need less generally if they're smaller than a guy. Mm lean less lean mass generally speaking mm-hmm. and you know guys generally are heavier so therefore the numbers are different mm-hmm. um but i typically see that you know that the numbers that we would we would otherwise recommend a healthy woman to eat in terms of protein is shockingly large yeah. in comparison to what they're used to and that can be a challenge right
1: yeah yeah and i think um i i, I mean a lot of people know that it's important to get their protein in so they usually they usually bring it up in, in conversation that they mm-hmm. need to eat more protein. Um, but I, I think a lot of that's derived from the media and there's a misconception that protein makes you lose weight. Now we know that it helps with your weight loss goals and it supports losing weight. Cause if you have enough protein and you can maintain as much muscle mass as prop as maintain as much muscle mass as, yeah. as you can during a calorie deficit, um, and just protein in general is going to help
0: satiety. And protein's been the, the muscle building thing for, yeah. forever, right? it's, yeah. it's You know, if, if you're into the gym, and especially if you're a guy, you're taking protein shakes, right? Because yep. protein shakes make you muscly. Yeah. Like that, that is uh, a kind of very general, slightly uh, condescending position. But a lot of people associate protein with, I'm going into the gym muscle and building. I'm building building muscles. Yeah. Which which is it's correlated, but it's by itself. Yeah doing nothing. You've got to train and train hard. Yeah. So, but, okay. The reason I brought that uproaring, um, and was, was there anything else you wanted to? Well, uh,
1: it's kind of like, I was just kind of just wanted to very quickly touch on like the, the, the views that people have on it. They've even got that view that it's, it's for muscle building. Then they've got the, then you've got people going, I know I need to eat protein because for health reasons, mm-hmm. which is great. But then you've also got I need to eat protein to lose weight, and it's like okay, well that is it's the calorie deficit that makes you lose weight, yeah. Um, and then the protein will support that, obviously supporting muscle mass, and it's and it will improve optimal health. Um, so it's just yeah, it, that I think that's one of the biggest issues that I, I face. Um, I doubt you're ever
0: saying guys, you're not getting enough carbs. Like yeah. how, how often you? I mean, some people might need to up their carbs, but for the most part, yeah, you. For the most part, we're looking at our proteins and you're not getting enough protein. Yeah. Now, fat, some people are on excessively low-fat diets Mm -hmm. and that's, one would argue, scientists would argue that the the space in general is moving to the agreement that fat is healthy and we should be having more healthy fats. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I suspect when it comes to body composition, reducing weight, feeling good, feeling healthy, seldom do you say... Shit, man! You need to up your carbs. Yeah, you're having too much carbs. protein. Right? Yeah, <laughs> That never yeah. happens, right? No, no, <laughs>
1: no. It would be easier if it was like right. You need to eat just a little bit less protein. Subtraction is much easier than that, yeah. usually.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, listen. Um, that the reason I asked that question is I've um, I've been thinking about something recently, and um, it's it's partly because of the direction of this podcast and some of the people we've had on recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had Paul Saladino, who is a proponent of the carnivore diet. Um, I've spoken to many people about uh, the pros and cons of various ways of eating recently. And I'm starting to reach some conclusions combined with the fact I'm getting this inner sense, this inner purpose of you know sustainability, looking after our planet, looking after our people, mm-hmm. doing the right things by nature. Um, but that's always, always underpinned by if I want to be my best and contribute the most to society, to, to the world, to nature, I have to optimize meat. Mm-hmm. right so it's like you know putting your 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 mask on before you know tending to yeah. your, your children i know i need to fuel me so i'm optimally well i'm high performant i've got clarity of mind uh i've got my most levels of empathy and conscientiousness and i know to do that big part of the equation mm-hmm. is nutrition right so i've got all of this going on at the moment and i can't help but to feel that there's some misdirection when it comes to all of those things of veganism is all the all all good right it's a force for good it solves the world's problems it solves the sustainability problems it makes people so healthy it makes them lose weight um it's you know you're not murdering anyone and it should generally you know if if you're a good human being you should be vegan Mm -hmm. And then, if you're not in the vegan camp, you're wrong. Yeah, and I'm seeing this so much, maybe off the back of the uh, you know veganuary, but generally the trend is upwards. Whether it's on social media and just people interact with, like you know, being vegan is healthy. Everything else is suboptimal, Mm -hmm. and you're just a murderer. And I just can't help but to feel that that's some pretty poor propaganda, and it's misdirected. I believe. The question we should be asking or the the problem we should be trying to solve, Bryn, you tell me if I'm if I'm wrong or right, is it's not about veganism versus everything else. It's actually big food versus real food. Mm-hmm. By big food I'm talking about industry. you know, food the food industry, you know, the monocropping, you know, the big factory farms, mm-hmm. the huge factories producing food like Mass production. Just mass production. You know, as we walk into our supermarkets and see unlimited choice and huge packaging and lots of waste through that system, Mm -hmm. that for me is the problem. The problem for our healthcare system, the problem for our growing epidemic of obesity and chronic diseases and autoimmune conditions, um, the problem as it relates to looting our world, Mm -hmm. taking nutrients and taking value from our world, I don't think... It's about veganism versus everything else. I think it's about big food versus real food, and that we should all be lobbying together to vote with our with our wallets mm-hmm. and vote with our our needs and our knives and forks mm-hmm. for more real sustainable food and providing that to the masses, yeah versus saying we should just all eat plants and wouldn't the world be a happy place. That's the frame yeah. for the discussion, Bryn. Mm-hmm. Then if you want to key off on that and let's get us started come with having a bit of a debate.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it's kind of... just We had a discussion before we turned the mics on, and it's... Uh, although this is what I've been thinking, I've been reading a lot of things, you actually pointed me in... Um, so, so, first of all, about... Uh, I don't know, if you asked me maybe a year ago, not long ago what is the optimal diet for health i probably would have said vegan diet right just because to me it was plant based you get all your macronutrients and sort of micronutrients everything you need you'll get from a colorful plate of food right yeah. um whereas now i've looked at both sides of the argument um and i know we're not vegan bashing today we're not we're not trying to put veganism in a bad spot or anything like that, but it's just looking at both sides of the argument and going, okay, well, what, what is this? What's going on? And you pointed me in direction of the book, uh, the plant paradox. Yeah. Read that. And that's talking about, um, how plants are, obviously they need to, to evolve. Um, they need to almost procreate, they need to
0: continue and, They've, they, got, they've got defense mechanisms. They've got defense which mechanisms which make Chemical it, warfare because yeah. they can't move and they don't have teeth. Yeah. Therefore, their ability to prevent or um, demotivate you from basically killing out their species yeah, yeah. is that they, they've got an arsenal of compounds and chemicals and toxins and pesticides that prevent Bugs, their predators, humans, yeah. ants- insects, animals, us, from eating them, yeah. you know, uh, and just... just Destroying yeah. their that their, their creed, right? That that is, I, I think, well, is fact because mm-hmm. everything everything that's within a plant com uh, within a plant, for the most part, is there to support their revolution, mm-hmm. their you know their lifeline, their energy systems, combined with protecting them against being eaten.
1: Yeah, and that that's kind of the first part that for 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 me anyway, the first part of the journey of going. Oh, okay maybe they it's not as optimal as i first thought so i started looking at things like that and then and then obviously now we started to discuss things like the ethical side of things and how actually is it best for the planet is it best for our bodies um and it's not quite as it seems obviously Mm. we're going to touch on all of this through the discussion today so yeah i mean i find this super interesting now you were saying real food versus big food could you kind of like Go through that a little bit more in depth, so we okay. understand kind of what you mean by real food
0: versus yeah, so, uh, big food. It's really it's a matter of, um, you know, as it, you know, if if you buy something and it's got a nutritional label, yeah, and it's in packaging, mm-hmm. there's there's some element of processing for the most part. If it's out from the ground or, or or you know from the abattoir, then it's real food, and and that really is it's really straightforward. Like mm. before. Mass production before um, huge processed factories came into the into the frame. What did we eat? So maybe a better way to answer that is it's an ancestral mm-hmm. diet prior to the agricultural revolution, prior to the industrial revolution, where we turned uh, making food into a factory. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So as you walk through, you know, a Tesco's or any other supermarket. And, you know, you walk through 80 to 90% of the aisles, the majority of that is big food. Mm-hmm. And by big food, it's, you know, the big brands producing, mass-produced, you know, takeaway food, frozen food, biscuits, uh, breads, you know, anything that's, pro- anything that's mass-produced and it's got a process. It's, it's in, made within a factory. Yeah. I would argue that not necessarily all of them and they're, they're, they're not all on the same uh, playing field, Yep. but for the majority there's there's too many carbs being consumed in our diet there's too many refined sugars consumed in our diet there's too many ingredients that support shelf life or um addictive you know just the addictive qualities or coloring or to make it smell right mm. or to mask the blandness of a factory process they yeah. put things in to make it taste good like there's so many processes that have to happen for a factory to mass produce food in a way which is palatable to us to eat it. Yeah. interesting enjoyable and addictive and more importantly can can go from factory through mm-hmm. distribution to supermarkets to our plate without going off and we,
1: and, we, and we've got to look at what's driving this right so we've got to look at okay well is that are they are they producing this food because it's optimal for our health or are they doing this because it's good for business
0: well, I would say if you if you rewind even further, mm-hmm. you know, um, countries, nations, governments, uh, any empire or you know political mass yeah. has always been always been driven not by the individual but by the the mass of people, you know, the the country. Right? Yeah. If you go back far enough, it was all about war. Right. Mm -hmm. If we've got a big enough contingent, we can put loads of people into war. We're the stronger country. That we're the stronger empire. Mm -hmm. And whilst we don't fight in wars as much these days as we have done, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's it happens. But for the most part, we've kind of knocked that on the head. Mostly, Um, where do we deploy our people? We deploy our people in the healthcare system. We educate them so they can do that and they can be useful within our economy, within our Mm -hmm. labour market. Um, And it sounds selfish, but it is. Governments aren't thinking about Bryn or Steve being optimally well, mm-hmm. so we can thrive. They're thinking about GDP. They're thinking about cost. They're thinking about debt. They're thinking about affordability. They're thinking about industry, and they're thinking about how can they support their own industry and country. Mm-hmm. So if they can put together a plate of food or a, a week's worth of consumption that is affordable, that is accessible for them, that can be produced on on mass, and can feed you know, all socioeconomic classes from the impoverished to the yeah. people rich. Like that's the game. And from that it, standpoint, that that's sustainable. It's sustainable. When you've got eight billion oh yes, yeah, seven to eight billion people on the mm. planet today, we would not have been probably even a third of our population. Not mm. saying that's a good thing by the way, but we wouldn't be we wouldn't be at seven to eight billion people yeah. if we haven't hadn't found agriculture and if we hadn't found industrial production of food we just wouldn't be able to afford feeding so many mouths yeah, yeah. and keeping people alive mm. we wouldn't so the the intent has always been not it's not malicious but it's been driven by power mm. right not by driven by you Bryn, making sure that you are optimally well but getting back to this kind of vegan versus everything thing i think the first point that i kind of i have a an emotional response to <clears throat> is i think it's, it's driven by ideology it's it's almost like a religion, mm. and I think generally we all want to be part of something, um, to be able to identify and be able to declare to others, this is who I am, this is what I stand for. Yeah, I, I've got a, this faith. Uh, you know, I believe in these things. This is right. This is wrong. And if we can, if we can, distill that down to just a word, or you know, you know, whether it's Buddhism or it's Islam, or it's Christianity, or whatever. It's like, that's who I am. Mm. You can understand me and how I run my life by that one word. And I believe whilst we're losing our faith, and religion is, for the most part, you know, God is, for a lot of people, God is dead, or God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lots of people are atheists, and it's, it's a growing population of people. I think people still have a yearning to believe a story, yeah. be part of a myth, and have an identity, have, like, this religion, be part of a community where we all can identify and relate and that unfortunately I think is getting in the way of the real discussion which is is veganism good for the planet and is veganism good for you the individual like optimally good for you and that I, I guess is my next point which is I think we're in a we're in a world right now and This has always been humanity because I think we're always driven. It's in our DNA to always want more, 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 growth, growth, growth. Our economy has grown since we've had an economy and it will always will do. If it doesn't, long term, if it doesn't, our our society as we know it would implode. Mm -hmm. So we've got this yearning for more and capitalism is, is why we are where we are today. But it's also the problem with our food system because there's this need, this almost greed, for this capitalist abundance that i don't just want some food i want all types of food always available and i want a hundred choices of them available Super convenient 24 hours a day yeah 365 days a year yeah and we've gone from this notion of you know people ra- having rations and having not enough food and people dying through famine to now going like everyone like more people die from overeating than they die from famine yeah. by a country it's mile crazy. across the world today. Yeah, yeah. We are we are eating too much and dying, not eating too yeah. little and dying. That's fucked up. And it's fucked up because we've got this desire, this innate desire. Is like, I don't want two choices of cookie. I want 100 choices. I want to be able to pick any flavor, variety, size, mm-hmm. or shape, brand that I wish. And across every food I want, I want to have all those choices. Mm-hmm. I want... I want, I want a hundred different yogurt flavors. I want, you know, 15 different types of milk. I want, you know, you know, several hundred different, you know, frozen food options. Don't just give me one or two. So I think we've got that, that's button against, you know, what, where I feel we need to go, which Mm -hmm. is natural simplicity. Yeah. Which goes back to the real food thing, which is if we went, if we had a diet more aligned to our ancestral lineage, Mm -hmm. You know, we would eat what's what the the world produces prior to human intervention. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I'm not, I'm not saying don't cook your food and just eat just out of the ground or from the abattoir. I'm not saying that. I'm saying the 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 production and the process and the creation, the invention of new foodstuffs, is where I think we're going wrong. And getting back to a kind of natural simplicity where we live within our means, mm-hmm. we eat what's essential versus what. We just we'd like, because why not? Because I can afford it. Why not? And I have everything in the fridge, yeah, everything yeah. in the larder, and just have unlimited choice. Mm. That, for me, I think, is, is the bigger issue, which is if we can address and acknowledge that we've all overreached, we're all expecting to have this unlimited supply of everything yeah. all the time. Fuck seasons. Fuck locality. You know, fuck realness. Just give me everything all the time that for me is that that's the that's the battle right yeah. like if we if we came together and said right there's you know it's the camp of i want what i want when i want all the time fuck society fuck the planet fuck everything else i just want more 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 i think the 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 identity to be compelled to support is the identity of this natural simplicity because that will make us healthy individually mm-hmm. it will regenerate our land and our planet more than anything else. And it will start taking some of the emphasis out of prolific profit growth that mm. these big food industries are driven by. Like they they have to grow their business year in, year out. That yeah. means they've got to create new products, new product lines, new varieties, new special editions, newness. The vegan movement is driving a swelling of new products into our supermarkets. Yeah. Because what happens when you take a real food away? you replace it with more fake shit. Yeah. And that's exactly what's happening right now.
1: Yeah. There's only so many ways you can give us a cow.
0: Right? If you, if you take if you take cows and chicken and fish out of the equation, you're left mm-hmm. with vegetables that most people don't like or they're bland in their own right and therefore you have to manipulate them. We manipulate mm-hmm. them by creating pretend burgers and and, yeah. and and that you know, I can understand why we do that emo- emotionally and for whatever reason. <clears throat> But you have to acknowledge that unless you're having a unless you're having a plant based diet and with minimally processed food, you are signing up to eat more processed food with going on a a, a heavily plant dominant diet because that is what is available to you. That's what's being made. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I think as well, like so when you look at like what our diet should be, because I we're I think for us eating more in a simplistic way as you put it more simplistic eating real food we should eat more uh seasonally and if we were to grow locally that would have to be seasonal we couldn't mm-hmm. you know and let you know there's ways of manipulating it obviously if, but that know, sounds the shit for most
0: people because you're like what that means i can't have this food yeah in december mm. no no, I want to be able to have my strawberries all year round. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm judging someone who has that interest mm-hmm. because we've quickly arrived at that place where we can have whatever we want, whenever we want. Yeah, and uh, and with an unlimited supply. But that there, there is never with... there's never a conscious thought that maybe we're losing the planet and maybe our our insatiable need for unlimited amounts of everything all the time. Is actually doing harm to the planet. Instead, yeah. we're having this discussion of let's not kill the cows and chickens, and let's just like create more, mm. more choice, yeah, more vegan options, more plant-based options. And all we're doing is we're just swelling the supermarket up with more processed junk, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to get so, my soapbox on that because it, yeah. it, it sounds again attackive. It's not attackive. I just think we're misdirecting our energy.
1: Yeah. You... Well, it makes sense. And and so what I'm kind of hearing from you is you're saying that. there's there's an environmental aspect as well as a health from an optimal standpoint as well that we need to consider Mm -hmm. when eating. There's detriment to eating just a vegan diet. It's not the optimal diet. And actually, there's another way.
0: Yeah, well, I'm... Vegan's kind of
1: one way of putting it, but I know we're not just talking about veganism. We are also talking about supermarkets, driving, you know, and, and using, obviously wheat and crops that are going to create mass production for any, cheap, any anyone listening
0: anyone listening i would ask them like if they are using a MyNet diary or my fitness mm-hmm. pal or something like that and they're not already like leaning in on like high protein diets they're just eating normally and mm-hmm. they've started to track their calories i'd be intrigued if they were able to do analysis on how much of the food they put in their mouth is derived from a plant mm-hmm. and let's be clear it's sugar it's cocoa, it's coffee, it's wheat, it's corn, it's soy, potato, yeah. rice. Like before we even get to the vegetables we class as vegetables, right? It's all of that stuff. If you if you tally up the calories associated with plant, it'll probably be, I'd say, 80, 80 to ninety percent of the average diet. Mm-hmm. So we I don't I think it's misdirection to say you're gonna be better off if you have more plants. I'm already eating a 90% of plants mm. for fucks' sake. How much more do you want me to yeah, eat? Yeah. Well, you just want me to eat them because they've got the leaves on them still, like that mm. makes them infinitely better. Yet we've got rising, rising obesity crisis, a rising, you know, prolific rate of diabetes and autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every everyone in this space is saying that actually, all all autoimmune diseases derive from an unhealthy gut. Mm-hmm. Everything is coming from basically what we put in our mouths. Yeah you know, inflaming our gut, creating leaky gut, things are coming in our body, our body's attacking itself or attacking those foreign bits. And as a result of that, they attack their own body and things start to go wrong. You've got skin issues. So I just want to challenge. I want to challenge this idea of that, you know, plant-based product is healthy. Sugar at, you know, huge amounts is not healthy. It comes from a plant, Mm. right? Let's just, let's stop using the word plant. Let's just talk about optimal nutrition for a second. And if we think about optimal nutrition, you know it it goes without saying that opti optonutri- nutrition should be about eating eating the right nutrients that our body needs in order to do all the various processes it does and getting those nutrients in the most bioavailable form in the right ratios mm-hmm. and without toxins like that's the ideal right mm-hmm. it just that would make sense right bioavailable right ratios no, no junk, no toxins, no, no, no nasty shit, right? Mm-hmm. Just be, that's optimal. Well, more evidence is suggesting that you get all of that free in basically a carnivorous diet where yeah. you don't have any plants. Yeah. Now I'm not saying I'm going there or I'm not di- you know, dictating or suggesting people should. I just want to challenge this kind of conventional wisdom mm. that's been banded around in this echo chamber for the last, you know, 50, 70 years, which is, Plants are the holy grail and the elixir of life, and that if you're on a plant dominant diet, you are going to thrive. And if you have meat, you're going to be ill and get cancer. Yeah. How would the world, how could nature be so cruel to suggest that you know car, carnivorous species, mm-hmm. whether it be humans or whether it be wolves, is like basically you're killing yourself to survive. Yeah. That's the only way they can survive is to get cancer. How can't No, no, this bullshit. Like we've we've been we've just been we've been told a lie, whether it's through propaganda, whether it's through a yearning for for someone to kind of misdirect us mm-hmm. because they've got an ethical or moral or some other compass driving them, or it's just we've disconnected the science from intuition, yeah. from biology, from from evolution, because evolutionary it doesn't make any fucking well, sense right. that the food that we have almost <clears throat> categorically like 99% like we have derived you know the reason we proliferated the reason why we exploded in brain size and became the dominant species on the face of this earth is because of the fat in our in our diet mm-hmm. and uh, abundance of protein and that means we we have through th- Almost all of Homo sapiens' existence prior to the agricultural revolution. We we ate meat as our primary source of fuel. If you have you seen um these shows like the
1: Bear Grylls show on Bear Grills the Island, where they put participants on a random island yeah, yeah. in the middle of and eat these nowhere. little alligators and crocodiles. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Kind of stuff, so so yeah. they've got to survive. Um mm-hmm. so you're seeing people in their primal state. And when when I watched the programme, I think they they find like uh I can't remember what it is called but like these they pull out the roots and it's almost like um some form of carbohydrate It's like a yeah. sweet potato almost yep. and they eat it and they're not very impressed like it, it, it's kind of the the the, the satisfaction it's energy, it's like the energy the lack of something. calories it's yeah it's it's not it's not giving them what they need but it's it's kind of helping them to survive and
0: then they get so excited when they catch and a... then
1: they catch uh, a little um
0: what are those little crocodiles like alligator called? or crocodiles. Yeah, so, the so
1: they go hunting, they catch that. You see, you see their faces I know, man. when they when they bite into it or when they bite to a fish, right? Yeah. They cook it and they start eating it and what's that? and about, I'm huh? thinking, whoa, like surely <laughs> that is like a prime example of yeah, a very yeah. primal um state where we're we're being exposed and actually so right man you see what i mean like in in those
0: little deserted islands there is no monocrop wheat fields yeah there's no agricultural plantations like what have we got and there's not a a, it's not an agrarian Mm -hmm. island it's an island just made of nature like you know plants trees yeah and animals roaming and as you say like these people become ill they become lethargic they've got no energy they get depressed they get emaciated off of sustenance food of just rice because they're given rice just yeah, as yeah. a staple by the producers and then they'll eat various vegetables if they can cook them and ferment them and actually break down the toxins so they get a little bit in just to keep them going. Mm-hmm. But as you say, like what makes their energy pop, what makes their clarity pop, what makes them feel alive again and gives them some enthusiasm mm-hmm. is when they eat the meat. It's yeah. a really interesting point. Yeah,
1: I, there was... And um, I, I know dogs are different. However the there was it's just got me thinking about when I was watching um a program on a on a a morning show and this woman's brought a dog in she's sitting on the sofa and by what I could by what I core of what, what was going on is that she was a vegan. She was feeding her dog vegan food yeah, and then yeah. there's a debate about that and then she lets her dog off because they've got a bowl of vegan food or plant-based and then they've got a plant a, a bowl of meat. What yeah. does the dog do? She goes, oh, I'll go do? for the plant and it just looks at the plant and goes, whoop, straight to the meat. And I was like, well...
0: Oh, there's loads of funny memes on that, know. but it's just the reality of like dogs are... Um, they are... What do they call them? They are... Um, no, no, no. no. I, I think dogs have adapted to become facultative carnivores like us, which is, I want meat, but if like, I have to eat something in and around the yeah. edges, I will. But every time you put something in front of me, I'm going to have the meat. Yeah. Whereas a lion is an obligate carnivore. Mm-hmm. What that means is that they only eat meat. If there's no meat, they die mm-hmm. because they have not either found the preference or the capability to consume plant yeah, yeah. foods. So they literally just run off of that. We have adapted uh through the through the thousands of years Mm -hmm. to sustain off of plant material yeah and deal with the abuse that some of the plants would do for us as we consume them in order to fill the gap when either we're a shit hunter or there's a lack of food about like how do we keep going until we we hunt down the next body mammoth
1: so with our with our, our dog we we feed him a raw meat diet um because when when you're giving him like dry biscuits you're kind of thinking is that you know and they say that's giving him everything they need in the dry biscuits but i'm thinking that just doesn't seem right to me and then i and then now we feed our dog um just raw meat okay and he's a super healthy dog yeah like lovely um lovely coat yeah good energy strong like I think he's getting everything he needs, and like I said, I know that's not... we're,
0: we're we're not dogs, and, and it's yeah. not a point. And, it, it, and also, yeah. this isn't a vegans vegans completely wrong, carnivores completely right. That is not the discussion. No, no. I just want to. It was just it's just
1: that, interesting to see these kind of more kind of primal examples.
0: Yeah, it's just just starting to challenge the status quo yeah. or challenge the conventional wisdom that um the only way to be healthy is have a plant dominant diet. I, I just I think that's fundamentally wrong. Yeah. Um, and I hope that we get to change that, you know, we mm-hmm. contribute through others as well as others on, you know, changing the mindset. But anyway, the, another point I wanted to make is around the ethical part. So a big, big overriding discussion every, around.
2: The,
1: yeah. Sorry, the, the, mate. Every time I order me, I feel huge, um, huge weight of guilt well, because of the ethical side, because exactly. of the way things are, are being put out on social media nowadays. So I'm interested to kind of see what you say about this.
0: Well, the, I, I guess the the, the overarching argument um, that is pro a vegetarian or, or vegan diet is um, I don't want to knowingly kill sentient beings. Mm-hmm. That I don't want to be. I don't want to participate in the murder and slaughter of animals for my benefit. And I think the problem with that is if, and I believe that it's a, it's, it's already proven, but if what you are choosing to eat as a result of your care for a and other species, it's called animalism. If you care more for animals um, and you are knowingly eating food that is less optimal for you, it suggests that you don't really care for humanity. Humanity and in your individual health is less important than these other animals. Mm. Yet if you think across the world, do you see that conscious restriction that other animals have on others like do you know what our species we might as well just fucking die because i I don't want to hurt that little bugger but mm. no it's it's necessity life is one life is given for the benefit of another and it's it's happened from day dot right everything is consuming something else in order to get the energy in which to to grow survive and proliferate it's just the way life is and we look through nature we watch our planet or watch anything like that Mm -hmm. things are killing things all the time in order to survive it Mm -hmm. is it is nature it's cruel so if we if we say like nature's cruel and i'm going against nature you're suggesting you're superhuman Mm -hmm. you're suggesting you're above god that you're above the world and how Mm -hmm. the world operates and you're going to operate in a different way because you have a moral and ethical compass which says thou shall not harm animals but you're harming yourself and you're harming humanity because they're a set, they're second in command to the animals that should be protected at all costs. Now, I know that's not the whole argument. Another argument mm-hmm. is, but look at factory farming. Look look at the way in which they treat the animals and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think that's completely fair. I think the, the, the well, welfare standard, a lot of the food that we get that comes into our supermarket is terrible and lots need to be done with that. But then that's a big food mm-hmm. discussion. That's not a local... You know, caring, um, ethical, and high welfare standard farm. We're talking about the big slaughterhouses and the big chicken coops. Like, that's yeah. what we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. So again, that's big food versus real food. And that food. just seems more conveyor belt. That's and,
1: horrible. And that,
0: yeah. I don't think anyone can watch that and go, "That, that's just, you know, that's the way that that animal's life was destined to be in a factory farm, not be able to walk and just get, like, slaughtered yeah. the way they are within six weeks. Like, it's not nice to see. Mm. And I completely, violently oppose that
2: mm.
0: in as much that, you know, if there's a way in which I can support a shift from it, I absolutely will. Yeah. But the... The, the the worst thing I have around this ethical argument is that there's an assumption that if I if what I put in my mouth is vegetable based, therefore I must be causing no harm to the world, mm-hmm. and I think that is so missing the point because monocrops of wheat and soy and corn and rice th- these these crops require tilling which is incredibly bad for the soil which basically degrades the soil and takes mm-hmm. all the nutrients out requires a huge amount of chemicals to control weed growth and plant uh, uh, you know pests mm-hmm. in the, the food there are thousands millions of little creatures that die as a result of that monocrop and this is happening all around the world we've got these big swatches of land which are that would otherwise would have had ruminants and life just being natural with mm-hmm. you know trees and shrubs and all different vegetables and all different things intermingling, loads, loads of species. We've got loads, loads of species of plants and loads of species of insects and animals and going, nope, we're going to get rid of every fucker and all we're going to have is a wheat field. Yeah. Nothing else should exist. And if it does, we're going to obliterate them. Mm-hmm. We're going to put chemicals down and we're going to shoot them. We're going to do what we can to get rid of it so to this single species of plant gets to flourish Mm -hmm. in this parcel of land yeah now if we just think about it a second that means that no one is without blood on their hands everyone's got blood in on their hands Mm. i have you have a vegan activist has because unless you're not eating something is dying yeah and it's just the nature and i would argue that if you had local ethically sourced ruminant animals and, and eating uh in a responsible way, locally, Mm -hmm. meat, that is, you would kill far fewer living creatures.
1: Species.
0: Living creatures and species generally versus the amount that has to die for that parcel of wheat and that parcel of soy Mm -hmm. to be farmed and then processed. A hundred percent. And I think we're missing that because it's easier to not think about it because it's not going in my mouth. I'm not watching the movie. I'm not hearing about it. And do you know what? I draw the line of insects and small, small animals, but they, 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 whatever. I I can't think about that too. That's too much of a burden, Mm -hmm. but it's the truth.
1: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And and that's part of the argument that we don't hear about. Like, that's why I feel huge um, weight of guilt when I order um, from like muscle food, for instance, a big box of, of my meat. Um, because I think, well, maybe I should be eating more plants because I'll be saving the planet and I'll be doing less cruelty. But actually, like you're saying there, you, there's, everyone's got blood in their hands. And even if you're eating plants, you're still causing harm to the planet and to other species. And something has to, something has to give if you're mass producing something. And unless we take it and bring it more local, mm-hmm. that's going to happen.
0: I, I totally agree, man. I think we've kind of covered that uh piece on on i think the the argument i mean the only only other thing I think I'll say is we 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 need to acknowledge that plants come with come with um, come with a burden on our on our bodies and on our society and i think the more we can realize that mass produced huge agricultural processes and fields are net negative to our planet the sooner we can realize that that actually that symbiosis of animal with plant lots of plants lots of different you know uh, herbs and you know bushes and all sorts of things living on a patch of land that's how the land should have been Mm. how it should be yeah and that's how we have lived once upon a time once we realized that we could domesticate wheat and then wheat domesticated us, kept us in one patch of land, so we didn't have to forage, we didn't have to move around, we yeah. didn't have to, you know, hunt constantly. We can stay still and feed ourselves. That's where I think we've kind of taken that too far, and it's just got to a scale that um, ultimately is going to continue to loot uh, and take away from the planet. our planet, and yeah. and and not just our planet from us. And I think we keep. I don't think that's enough of the argument. I think there's so there's so much fake science around the benefits of plants because it ethically feels good to say it. So let's make it make it so. Yeah. It's cheap and it's it sounds ethical to say plants should be the majority of your diet. And I just I think we're missing a trick.
1: Yeah. So what would you say what's needed?
0: Um right, let me let me tell you what I I would I would choose for me personally. Yeah. This is caveated, Bryn, because we, uh, we've we all got different priorities. Mm-hmm. We live in different parts of the world. We have more or less money. And you know this all plays into it. So I'm not suggesting what I'm about to say is super easy for everyone, or even possible in some parts of the world. Mm-hmm. But this is the direction of travel that I would like to take for me personally and the people that I can influence. Mm-hmm. First is, I believe that if I look at my current diet now, um, I don't eat a ton of variety. I get a, I get a diverse, high, highly nutritious, nutritionally In dense terms of nutri- diet. Yeah, nutrients. Yes. Yeah, but so- I, I don't I don't have incre- You know, our, our food bill is expensive because of the choices we make, not because we have lots of different foods. And,
1: and that's interesting because variety is something that's really heavily pushed in terms of optimal health have a healthy diet you should have variety and you're saying there actually
0: no I'm, I'm, I'm not saying variety. like having just one one product for the rest of your life is the way to no, go no but what, what i'm saying is if you just think about walking uh, we, we've got so used to this idea of as i say instant accessible huge choice available 365 days of the year and i could imagine a world where our supermarkets are now just the you know the marketplace mm-hmm. for us to pick up our ancestral kind of food right the food that isn't real that mm-hmm. is natural and there will always be processed food because there's sauces there's convenience condiments there's there are treats that we want there's certain things that you know are part of you know, if you think about herbs, you know, mm-hmm. if you get a little herb thing, that's process, right? And as much that you got the plant, it had to be yeah, dried, yeah. it had to be, you know, broken down and then, and then bottled, right? I'm not going to go and grow all of my herbs, all of my spices, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So processing will continue to serve us and it will never disappear. Um, nor will what I'm saying likely happen, because there's too many players that too many plays in this game that will not want it to happen but ultimately we need to kind of almost be anti-capitalist and we need to drive down with our wallets with our votes with our knives and forks the need for less stuff being made Mm -hmm. it's the making part which is hurting us Like the consumer farm produce deliver but it's the making of huge amounts of choices of biscuits loads of different breads crisps loads of different crisps fucking hell you walk down the crisp aisle and the chocolate aisle and the cookie aisle of a supermarket it is ridiculous how much choice there is you then walk down the yogurt aisle fuck me you walk down any 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 aisle you walk down there's Mm -hmm. 50 choices of the same product different brands different cost points Mm -hmm. different flavors special editions it's just too much so i think job one the 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 community driven objective should be to demand our governments our industries mm. the big players to start downgrading their product line yeah now you can see why that's probably unlikely yeah but that for me is that's the that's the battle that's mm. the biggest battle
1: yeah and i and and kind of like going from another standpoint kind of what i touched on earlier like you're saying there's just Less choice, just not having. You look at KitKat, for instance. If you if you search KitKat and look at what what they've done, yeah. they've got like twenty different products yeah. of the same product. Yes, they've just done it in a different way. Different they've sizes, it, it's like different different sizes, different names, different packaging. Yeah, oh, there's a new product. It's still it's it's still the same. But product. you know why
0: they do that? That's not because they're bored. They're doing it because you know it's oh, a it's, it's a new it's novelty. A, it's a popular product, yeah. and they want to continue the sales of that product. So if they create a special edition or a mint flavored um, Kit Kat, they're gonna get, they're gonna boost their sales to the heavy users, the people that already like it. Yeah. So instead of trying to convert people that don't eat Kit Kat, they're gonna get the people that already like it with a new little vibe, a new yeah, little yeah. flavor, a new Dorito flavor, a new, you know.
1: And we, well, you, well, you know, with business, it's about reinventing yourself. You can't is. just stay stagnant. You have to keep evolving and and reinventing yourself. And I think that's part, large part of the
0: problem. We um, are we are not making food today to survive. Mm-hmm we're not right if you think about it you know these big big food manufacturers they don't have the burden of just trying to keep people alive Mm. their focus is on i want people to spend as much money as possible on my stuff business yeah yeah so it's number one for me is we have to drive down this expectation this inner need that we have within ourselves to say you know what for me Less is more. Yeah. I know where I can get my nutrition from. That is great for me that that I know will be optimal for me, my kids, my family. I'm going to buy much less variety of food. I'm going to buy mm-hmm. the right food. But everything else can fuck off. Everything yeah. else is, not, is, is, is superfluous. And if all of us, you know, corral around, you know, the meat aisle and the veg aisle and buy mostly real food, mm-hmm. well, the market's going to have to change. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But It's this supply and demand. We're yeah. currently are demanding the choice that we have, and we're going to have to stop demanding the choice if we're going to want to see less of it. Yeah. The second thing is it's connected. It's less packaging. That's an obvious one, right? There's a huge amount of waste in landfill because of packaging. Yeah. Huge amounts of packaging. And as we get food delivered to us, it's just incredible how much packaging goes into mm. everything. Packaging is a big deal. I know that we're kind of moving to less vegetables being packaged over the course of the next couple of years. It's yeah. great. Um. What that means is shelf life is going to suffer and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to have to find ways to solve that problem. You
1: can't put um, Kellogg's in a bamboo leaf. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's it's a real real problem. But what's interesting is that forty percent of landfill waste, at least in the yeah. US, comes not necessarily from packaging. It comes from baked goods, fruits and vegetables. Forty percent mm. of their landfill is food baked goods, fruits and vegetables because we're producing too much. Mm-hmm. We're producing too much choice. It's getting old. It's dying. And what's, wh- what then goes to the landfill is that food that we haven't bought yeah. or that we didn't eat in our fridge plus the packaging. You can see where the waste is coming from plus yeah. all the cost, the industrial cost to manufacture those foods in the first place. Yeah, You, know, you can start to see like there's that's where the problem is. That's where the cost is.
1: And the cost on the earth, obviously we don't need as much as we're consuming because we're actually exactly. wasting a lot of it. So. And we're just
0: lo- looting this planet yeah. because we, we want to have unlimited choice. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of want the supermarket to be massive and to give me this sense of if I ever want something, it's there. Yeah. But I don't buy it. I've never bought the product, but mm-hmm. it's good to know that they've got 50 varieties of olive oil infused with different flavors. Should I want it? Because mm. I... I, sh- I deserve it. Mm. Liberty, yeah, free yeah. choice, mm. bullshit. Um, more local and sea- seasonal, I think we've covered that, right? I mean, it's going to require grassroots uh, you know, farming. It's going to require more organic, more ethical. Um, it's going to require you know, land being reprovisioned to deliver people locally. I think it's not capitalist. It's not serving our kind of scalable needs and our, our profit needs. But I think we all know that if we could eat more locally, it and, would and be that, it'd be better for us.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's a detriment to our health when we don't eat seasonally. Our our body responds to foods that are being eaten out of season, just because naturally there's a there's a natural rhythm that our body follows. We there's are a growth in season,
0: tune. and there's a kind of regression season, and we, we yeah. we're always in growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's that. Then um, I've kind of kind of labelled this. I think you kind of know this. I, I feel that there's. We should be having more meat, not less. I think we should not be, you know, as a society moving to no meat. That's convenient. It's great business for lots lots of companies, but it's not good for me as an individual. If I care yeah. about me as an individual, I care about my wife and my kids, you know, my decision is more meat. Yeah. And not just meat though, I'm talking nose yeah. to tell, So And that,
1: that's less wasteful because you know the thing, right?
0: Exactly, yeah. So, you know, I'm not a fan of offal and like you know like liver and kidneys. I've never have been, but I'm going to push myself to to find a way because it's cheap. Yeah, as you said, there's less waste, so that, that's the kind of ethical part covered. Mm. But more importantly, from a nutritional perspective, yeah, they cover all any holes that a a, a mostly meat dominant diet would otherwise have. Yeah, some great nutrition in liver, incredible n- nutrition. Yeah. in bone broth. Uh, you know, the collagen and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm kind of want to play with that a little bit more and I'm feeling good as I'm doing it.
1: And I, I feel optimistic in terms of like, this is now starting to come out. I think there has to be this movement where people are eating more processed goods and on the other side of that, then, it, then there's another argument which we're saying is actually that's not optimal. What is optimal? And then we'll obviously... Start talking about eating meat and then we start looking okay nose to tail and then that offers your body everything and so, it's more environmentally friendly
0: I, i'm i'm all for anyone that chooses to eat however they want yeah if 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 they're if they're following this principle of not supporting big food and in, instead supporting local produce mm-hmm. and supporting sustainable ethical uh way of producing food whether it's plant or an mm-hmm. or animal I'm all for whatever diet you choose. Now, there might be a difference between what you're going to thrive on and what you're going to feel okay on, mm-hmm. but you're always going to feel much better than eating a processed crap. So individually, you're making a better choice, whatever whatever direction you take. But as long as, you know, again, the, the frustration I have with this this kind of vegetarian or vegan movement is the shelves and shelves of, ve- of, of vegan or plant-based processed food mm-hmm. that's filling the hole of taking something out that people used to eat, which was the meat mm-hmm. or the dairy. And that uh, you've got all these other fake products that are trying to recreate that experience. And even yeah. if they're not recreating the experience, which most of them are, like beyond meat and stuff like that, the way to make that tasty and edible and, you know, whatever, it's just look at the look at the look at the ingredient list oh, yeah. of any vegan packaging of like any processed food. It is just the, this huge long list, huge 100 list ingredients of like hundred in ingredients. Back. Yeah, yeah. Whereas how much how many ingredients are in a piece of meat? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, I, yeah. I just think we're missing the you know the wood for the trees. Mm. And um I think that, that that's a big point. Um I would say more fat. I think that comes with eating more meat, but yep. generally, you know, we've had this huge aversion to fat. It was huge liar. Huge liar that you know was from driven through bad science and ego and politics and people just wanting to be right versus asking the right questions. Wait. Our hormones are made from fat. Our, our, our brains are almost exclusively fat. And our body needs fat in not just our adipose tissue, but in our brains and or through right our organs eat. and hormones. So if you don't get the right yeah. fat, you become the fat you eat. Mm-hmm. And there's uh, incredible studies that say like if you do biopsies or if you look at the cells of people that have a really crap standard diet, they'll find omega sixes, which is that pro-inflammatory yeah. oils, in their brain and in the cells of their body, because we need the fat, because this is the the backbone yep. of most of our body. Mm-hmm. So if you're in the shit fat, you're going to be made of shit fat. Yeah, and therefore, I, I, if I want We're to make that decision, I want out. my brain made of omega-3 dha yeah. like phospholipid stuff i want to be using the stuff that i know my brain thrives off mm-hmm. not of the processed vegetable oils yeah. which sound healthy because they're vegetables they're not far from healthy yeah. they're pro pro-inflammatory carcinogenic foods that mm-hmm. are a death toll on our, our society so but that more healthy fat so that comes from your meats the fatty meats comes from your 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 salmon uh, yeah. it comes from eggs. olive oil it comes from eggs it comes from coconut oil yeah, like nice. those things yeah. butter has been villainized but it's great i have loads of butter i have loads of eggs and i feel amazing like mm-hmm. literally my brain is on fire and how could how can my brain feel so good and it be so bad for me like mm. it just doesn't make sense man. yeah and but, i
1: think but the, this movement has driven us more towards highly processed foods um because it you're the lower, fa- the lower the lower uh, the your um, diet is in fat, the more, sugar. more carbohydrate, the more sugar-based good you're going to have. To make it tasteable, so you're going to have more cereal, you're going to have more yeah. bread, you're going to have more, you know, biscuits, and you're going to have more of the wrong things. So yes. Introducing the good fats is going to help to balance out the omega six and th- yeah, the omega three, yeah, um, fatty acids that we need, and that's going to mean that we're going to stop eating as much of the heavily processed.
0: Totally foods. agree. Right, because if you think about sust- uh, sustainability or just maintenance of a body, you need X amount of calories to support the lifestyle that you lead, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we, by hook or by crook, we'll have enough food, generally yeah. speaking. And most of us have too much food. Um, but the balance of avoiding fat, now avoiding m- protein because you're scared of eating meat, what, what's your diet going to be? Almost exclusively carbs. Mm-hmm. That is not a good place to be, man, because yeah. our bodies have evolved And I'm not like a keto head, but our bodies evolutionary have been mostly leveraging ketosis as a means to fuel our body. The carbohydrate glucose fueling has only really been a recent phenomenon Mm -hmm. as we started introducing carbs into our diet in such huge quantities. It is not the healthiest place to be. Hence the reason we get so much insulin resistance. We're getting so much diabetes. We're getting so much, you know, issues with our hearts and stuff because- Glucose is a toxin at volume in our blood if we can't get it out. Mm-hmm. When you have too much of it and it's in constant supply, you are literally ripping up your arteries. Mm-hmm. So the next thing is less sugar. Less sugar and less, less, less carbs. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say to anyone that they should say, like, do no carbs and just be a keto guy. I'm not not saying that. Yeah. But when your diet's 60, 70, 80% carbs and refined carbs and sugars. We need to look at that balance. We need to look at that because it should be. It should be probably 20%, mm-hmm. 25%. Not the healthy 60 to 70 that we're told. It really shouldn't be. And I would, you know, that's the direction of travel I'm going. I'm having less carbs and I'm feeling better. Yeah, I don't think I would ever go to a purely kind of catonic state because I love my food. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've grown up 38 years enjoying the foods I eat. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've realized that my addiction and habitual consumption of carbs wasn't serving me and now I've reduced them down to basically even in meal carbs. Yeah. I'm feeling so much better.
1: And you've probably evolved over the years to be able to tolerate s- some carbs and sugars. You know, you, you're obviously not having a heavy diet in carbs and sugar, but you can handle it just in moderation, right?
0: That's it. I, the next one, which I think is going to like throw people off completely is mm. fiber. am um, I've, 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 I've been Brin, I've been I've been battling with fiber for for a long time, and I will tell you why, because when I transitioned to this idea of like really caring for myself about three years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and I went from like just a standard diet, just loads of crap, to you know, really starting to kind of narrow in on what I think is healthy. Conventional wisdom told me that I must have a lot of fiber. Yeah, insoluble fiber, good for you know digestion, good for regularity of going to the toilet, you know anti-cancerous in that regard and um, good for your microbiome mm-hmm. you know I read more up about a microbiome you have loads of insoluble fiber it feeds the it feeds the species etc and the battle I had is I don't really get along with fiber so I've, 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 I've had this kind of this like struggle that when I have like loads of broccoli and I have loads of onions and I have loads of leeks mm-hmm. and I have loads of spinach like and you think of all these foods like I generally don't feel good afterwards. Mm. You know, I bloat like, a little bit. Like, my belly feels always like, yeah, yeah. you know, just bigger. And it feels, like, I've just, we've got a gas and, and like, I've always got to fart and stuff. And it's just like, I don't know. It's like, why sh- why should I feel after a meal just a bit shitty? Yeah. Not terrible. Mm. I mean, by normal st- by common standards, I'm probably completely common. Mm. Like nothing overly excessive because my diet's pretty clean. But because I was eating so much fiber be like, i love that meal have that meal and i go like yeah but the consequences i feel a bit shit afterwards hey i'm doing good for myself i just gotta i just gotta deal fiber, with it yeah. just a few farts and a you know a bit of bit of a little bit of tenderness and stress in my gut and always mm-hmm. feeling looking bloated always looking like i've got a big belly mm-hmm. and i'm like over the last year and a half i've been dropping a few things out like some plants i'm like do you know what probably should never have peppers. Every time I eat peppers, I always feel like shit. So I drop those out. Obviously, I dropped gluten out a while ago for the most part. Um, And I've I've slowly been dropping things out, going, you know what, I'm not going to have – I'm going to start dropping leeks out, even though I like them. Broccoli, like, it just kind of sends me off a little bit. Maybe going to have a little bit less of that, taking a little bit of this out. And slowly, I've been getting to a point where my fiber's dropping to a suboptimal level. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably going to continue to the point where I'll probably drop down to very little fiber. The fiber that I'll mostly get will be from a starch, like a a sweet potato or something or rice. Because again, the science doesn't support that fiber Mm -hmm. is anti-cancerous, doesn't support that you need it to resolve constipation, and does not support that you need it for stool regularity. And there are hundreds of thousands of people there that are on this movement of carnivore diet where they're literally in meat and salt, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they're regularly going to the toilet. They're feeling great. They're loving life. They're losing weight. Blood uh, works and their is. blood works great. And I'm yeah. like, do I need fiber? Do I need this thing that is insoluble, that's undigestible, that provides me no calories, that basically goes in and comes out? Mm. Do I need that additional stress, that additional volume of product Going through my body when my body's not using it. Yeah. What about if I get rid of it? Maybe my stools are a little bit smaller. Maybe more of the food I eat I actually use. Mm-hmm. Then my digestion works a little less hard, and everything passes through. Can that happen? I'm. I think I, I know it can. And it, anecdotally, by my own experience, mm-hmm. and I hear it through through these this movement of carnivores. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm probably going to continue to drop the fiber because I, I don't see the argument. Albeit it goes, it flies against the very conventional wisdom. wisdom of you've got to have fiber. Like if you don't get fiber, you're going to be fucked.
1: Yeah, fiber's um, seen as an extremely important part of your diet since day dot. Right. It's almost alien that you're saying this, but I've 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 looked into some of the research and I've heard um, other people talking about it, and um, it makes sense, right? and and it's interesting to see anecdotally how you feel as well. Dropping fiber, I've not personally um, dropped my not on purpose anyway. Yeah. At the moment, um, I probably will at some point. But it's interesting to kind of hear your point well, of think, view. Well, think
0: about um, uh, just last point on the fiber piece. Think about how many people go in keto, right? Full full play keto. They're getting very little fi- fiber, and most people that are on keto diets that are keto adapted, yeah, say they love it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've always looked at it and gone. It's too extreme. Like it's antisocial. It's socially restrictive. Like yeah. you're never going to have a carb in your life because you want to be in ketosis I'm like it's just a bit too much it's too biohackery like I've got to have the flexibility to eat what I want and enjoy life and go to social events and not feel like a complete social outcast like I don't want that yeah and I don't want to buy fake products to meet my my keto needs mm-hmm. like you know yeah, keto yeah. cookies I, I don't want to yeah, go yeah. there don't want that yeah so I've always kind of frowned upon the keto movement even though I would hear everyone who's done it feels great typically once they get through the keto flu yeah. and they've adapted and yet they're not talking about not being able to go to the toilet or being mm. constipated. Yeah. So I just think there's, I think, you know, over the next few years, we're going to have some of these foundational key components. Like the the truths of nutrition mm-hmm. be challenged. And like any paradigm... We're going to reject it and reject it and reject it and call people idiots and say they're going to die and they're going to they're going to you know they're going to cause themselves loads of problems and they're not and mm-hmm. like all of a sudden someone with a big enough voice or just a big enough community just kind of like the spotlight comes on them and they go whoa we're eating like these indigenous tribes and we're actually you know we're doing good just like they are mm-hmm. maybe there's something in this yeah, that yeah. you know plants aren't the holy grail fiber isn't the holy grail and we've just been misled. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I that's, think... that's me. I've, I've monologued so much on this session, man. Sorry, man. I just, yeah. I, I feel quite passionate about this chat.
1: Yeah, well, I, I I wouldn't say I'm an expert on on this field when it, um, I'm not as much of an expert when it comes to nutrition, but um, I have been looking into and listening, reading, you know, uh, a, a lot more to the other side of the story in terms of like a carnivore diet versus a plant-based diet. Um, and I find it super fascinating um, hence why, you know, just letting you just continue with your monologue. <laughs> yeah. But it to me, it just makes sense. Um, and I, uh, although I'm not purposely kind of dropping my fiber, I have been moving more towards a carnivore diet myself. Um, so I am typically just eating more meat and I'm just adding things in like um, more pate and things mm-hmm. like that. Just trying to, trying to start thinking and changing my diet and, Changing my thought process on uh, like how I view my diet. Um,
0: Michelle's been on a carnivore diet,
1: like she full on carnivore, or uh, how how does that look?
0: Full on carnivore for about three weeks. She had a couple of interrupts because she had social events, and like she's probably in her fourth week now, and she's um, she's now starting to flex a little bit because I had the chat with Paul Saladino. We talked Mm. about some kind of net neutral vegetables that are probably not going to don't seem to have any associated kind of large toxin negative or kind impacts. of negative impact. Like if you kind of, if you want them, you can add them in. It's probably not going to do you that much harm. Yeah. Other than the fact you won't be in a ketosis state. So she's starting to flex a little bit, but you know, she's got no issues with either going to the toilet. Mm-hmm. She said like, she's got zero gas. Like she, she wasn't a gassy person. Yeah. yeah. She's like, I literally don't have any bloat or any gas ever. Mm. And, like, for me, that's foreign. It's like, what? <laughs> that that's, that's, that's yeah. doesn't sound right. It's like, literally, uh, there's nothing. And, yeah. There, it, which,
1: which could almost seem a little bit odd, considering that, you know, a carnival diet, surely that's harder for your digestive system um, to digest. But, so,
0: we're, so we're led to believe. So we're led to believe, exactly. Yeah.
1: So that that's kind of my thing is like, changing your thought process on on but what the, we believe the point apparently. the point
0: i wanted to make with michelle is that she keeps butting against her kind of a like her conventional wisdom this kind of like quote-unquote intuition which mm-hmm. says i'm eating this food but I, th- I feel that it's wrong yeah and i'm like do you feel that it's wrong because your body's saying it's wrong or do you feel it's wrong because you've been told that it's wrong yeah an emotional and like you know response. we we explore this almost every day because yeah. it's still very real and raw for her and she's come to the conclusion it's being driven driven through how she's been um how she's been educated yeah through through the media through nutritional guidance through just general general nutritional discussion mm-hmm. over the last 50 60 years is like that's that's health. That isn't health. And she looks at her plate, and it looks, quote, unquote, unhealthy Yeah. because it's not colorful. There's fat on the plate. Mm-hmm. There's meat on the plate. There's not much else. And yeah. she's like, oh, I don't know, man. I just, like, I'd hate to think I'm doing myself harm. But we know there's no toxins in the foods that, that she's eaten. We know the science to support the negative impacts of these foods on is not there. And the science to support allergies, sensitivities, autoimmune yeah. conditions on plant-based food is so uh, she's get she's becoming more comfortable with it but the instinct is to say there's no fiber there's no color there's no mm. plants this has got to be wrong
1: yeah well i think the the other the the other thing to consider as well which we henry really touched on is the quality of the food that you're eating as well mm. the quality of the meat that you're getting like say there's no toxins it's not pumped full of antibiotics so it's looking at what what quality if you if you're going to go on a carnivore diet or if you're going to just you know Balance out your um, your diet.
0: Redistribute your calories. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Are Are you looking at the quality of that as well? Because obviously, if you're going to go and get go to a large supermarket, you're probably going to get meat that's, that's mass produced. Com- completely fair. Um, yeah. So I think as well, like having a look at, at, at Michelle's plate and going, it's all good quality food. There's no crap in it, um, and it's offering your body everything that it needs. And but but it's it's really difficult because it's challenging. Our belief system. We have these yep. beliefs, and, and that I feel that personally. Same to Michelle. Like when I don't see a colorful plate, I'm thinking straight away, my head goes, That's not healthy. It's not right. Yeah. But I know it is. But I'm, You've I'm, been I'm told, that been anyway, told so... to eat your
0: veggies from like day one, right? Yeah. And um, have you know, I we, had we... my five? And, and, and the funny thing is, we have to force vegetables onto our kids. Mm-hmm. Our kids don't want them. They never want them. No kid has ever gone, Shitloads of veggies, please. It's always something we have to like build up their tolerance and their willingness yeah. to. And like, if you get them to eat broccoli twenty times, and eventually they'll 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 deal with it.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: But then again, is that like is that, is that not saying something? Mm-hmm. It's Like, what do our kids are more likely to eat if you don't try and control their decisions? Yeah. And I think the more you let let nature tell us what we should eat, yeah, the more nutritional goodness. And wisdom comes out of it so i mm. think that's my last point on that man yeah cool all right well look i think that covers it yeah. you know the point and, and this has sounded like a car a vegan versus carnival thing and it's because i, I guess it's all fresh in my mind but it isn't mm-hmm. getting back to the getting back to the the leading question is, is was should it be veganism versus everyone else either in the good camp. you're not and with that comes judgment and ridicule and you know ethical judgment you're a bad person you're a murderer and you're not looking after your body and like you know you're selfish and you're going to kill the kill the planet kill everything else like just like get come come to the good side Mm -hmm. and have argument that just proliferates all over social media and face to face because it's so fueled with emotion and instead is that the right argument? Or if we're talking about sustainability, we're talking about murder, and we're talking about optimal nutrition for the individual, should mm-hmm. the conversation be more around big food versus real food? And my, my, my gut feel is that's the conversation we need to be having. Yeah. They're the camps we need to start forming. And that's where we come together, whatever your choice of food, mm-hmm. omnivore, carnivore, you know whatever diet you want—veganism, vegetarian, pescatarian—I don't care. But we come together and say local, real, unprocessed food versus big food. Push the market in that direction. Sounds good. Cool. Thank you so much for your time, Bryn. I really Cheers appreciate it, man. On. Guys, thanks for listening to this monologue of mine. Hopefully, it made a little bit of sense. And hey, if I've either triggered you in a positive way or a negative way, or there's just things that you want to let off your chest or discuss. And feel free to get uh, through to us on the adaptation Facebook page. It's probably the best place to go. And until next time, uh, just remember adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. I will let you crack on and be your best. Bye. Cheers, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And, of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the
1: show. Thanks for listening. This is Nation.